Hello, hello, hello. Time for another episode of From Land to Sailor's Sea. All right, so in this segment, we'll be exploring the adaptations of pinnipeds. I consider them some of the funniest marine mammals out there. Incredibly photogenic and curious, especially if you ever get the chance to go night lighting by the docks at high tide. Oh, seeing a harbor seal is such an experience. So at Friday Harbor Labs, there's this floating dock, which is perfect place to hang a dock light in the water. And this really bright light in the water will attract phytoplankton. Just they see bright light and they're like, ooh, pretty or something. Who knows? They're trying to photosynthesize, so you can't judge them too hard. But these phytoplankton are attracted to bright light, which attracts all sorts of amazing organisms up the trophic levels. So there's things like jellyfish, prawns, worms, crabs, larval fish to like actual adult fish, depending on the season you're going. And if you're really lucky, the occasional cephalopod shows up, which is really cool. While it's smaller things that are usually attracted to the bright light, if you stay out long enough, and also if the tide is high enough, in my experience at least, bigger fish and even marine mammals will stop by. So here I am sitting on the edge of the dock looking for tinaforms. They're also known as comb jellies. And then I hear this splashing on the other side of the dock. It's so terrifying because here I am looking at tiny organisms of translucent jellyfish trying to see if they move or not to determine if they're tinaforms. Ugh, it's not, not the best way to do it, but when I look back, suddenly there's a huge shadow and figure that zooms right past me. Oh my gosh, what an absolutely thrilling and frightening experience. It's so great to go dock lighting and I highly would recommend it. If you're ever interested in a terrestrial version of night lighting off the dock, that's to use an intensely bright flashlight and shine that on a white piece of paper to attract insects and moths. That is super fun, but you do tend to get like a host of insects when you're in fire trail and stuff, and those are one of the best places to do it. But yeah, dock lighting is super fun and seals make it even more of an experience. Speaking of harbor seals, those are pinnipeds in addition to sea lions and walruses. Okay, now pinnipeds, for some background, belong to the order Carnivora and are closely related to mustaloids, which include weasels, raccoons, and skunks. And you'll see some raccoons at Friday Harbor Labs, guarantee it. And pinnipeds exist as a clade within order Carnivora with the word pinniped having Latin root word pinna, which means fin, and pedis, which means foot. So pinniped means fin foot or even flipper foot. All right. Now within the taxonomic group of pinnipeds, there are three families, which aren't too hard to distinguish. You can think of these families as, this is how I, I differentiate them because it's easier to categorize them in terms of animals I relate to. So these three families can be known as walruses, mainly sea lions, and then true seals. So these families are also known as extant families. And the extant family of Odobenidae have only one living member, and they are the walruses. Pretty easy, not too bad. And one way for me to distinguish a walrus from other pedipeds is by seeing 
if that pinniped has a tusk, because only walruses have tusks, and walruses, it's not too bad because walruses also don't typically live in the Salish Sea, so we won't be focusing too much on the on the Odon Benedict family for now. All right, on to the next extant family, which are the Otaridae's, and these include sea lions and furcios. Notice how I said mainly sea lions. That's because furcios are included in here, and these. Otaridae are also known as eared seals, which is one way you can, like, figure them out. And these animals have external ear flaps, which are different from your typical harbor seal, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. So eared seals have also rotational pelvis, which allows them to rotate their hind feet to actually walk on land with some pretty decent speed. Honestly, it's kind of frightening. And these. Allow them to kind of do this waddling motion. It's it's kind of cute, but yeah, you you recognize the otaridae because of their ears and their ability to walk. And notable sea lions in the Salish Sea are typically stellar sea lions, and maybe you'll get your California sea lions. And California sea lions are the ones that make the barking sound like ar ar ar. You know those kinds of really stereotypical sounds that you usually hear on TV shows are California sea lions, while stellar sea lions simply they tend to have like deep vocalizations and breathe really heavily, like it's kind of funny because it's a really frightening experience when I first heard of them on the coastal trail, and so. Hearing this deep breathing confused me so much, and I looked out and I was like, "Oh, it's just it's just sea lions. That's that's pretty cool, actually." So those are some ways you can identify them by sound. And also, if you try to want to like get their attention of any sort, you know, do some vigilance, you could always just、um, breathe really heavily instead of barking at them. I think that'd be more effective. It's a more recognized sound. Anyway, since we're going on to this random tangent, let's move back to our original idea of true seals. And so we've covered walruses, mainly sea lions, and now we're at the true seals, the third extant family. And this family is Phocidae. So Phocidae are known as true seals because, unlike eared seals, you can kind of figure out they don't have external ears, and so. One of the things also is that they move kind of interestingly. So seals, true seals like harbor seals, don't have rotational pelvises, and their back flippers can't rotate, so they actually can't walk. Then how do they move? They do this by undulating their bodies, and that means to move like an inchworm. They do this little scoochy scoochy motion, which is kind of cute and funny. Um, and some and steady movements, you know, just to inch their way onto land. <laughs> really funny. Fossidae are known as true seals because they don't have that external ear, and instead they have ear holes with a flap that opens and closes during their dives, and that way their head is also super smooth, and their dives. It's 
or their just body is more streamlined in that way to allow them accessibility and like into deeper dives. And since diving means going into low light environments, pinnipeds' eyes are actually super huge, and that's to help them see underwater when there is like sufficient light. Additionally, they have whiskers, also called vibrissae, and these are incredibly sensitive to small movements and vibrations in the ocean water to help them find prey, how they detect some danger, and other things that are really useful. And like we mentioned before in the cetaceans episode, they have blubber, and their blubber and fur have also adapted to maximize thermal regulation.、Um, one of the cool things I was reading about in a textbook was that in humans, we get goosebumps because we have a hairy rectum muscle called an erector pili, and this is to help maintain warmth when it's cold. So maybe when you're cold, you're shivering, but in addition, your hair stands up a little. In pinnipeds, they actually lack this erector pili because this allows their hair and fur to stay down and streamlined when they're underwater in the cold, cold ocean water. So their hair will actually just stay super flat, which allows their body to be streamlined, allowing them to swim better. I thought that was a pretty interesting thing, and I hope you learned a few things about the adorably frightening creatures known as pinnipeds. So thanks for tuning in. And as always, I'll see you next time. This is John the Guang from Land to Sailor Sea signing off.